Hello and welcome to episode 3 of the Offline Gamer podcast. I'm Ray. And I'm Matt. And what have we been up to this month? I've been getting a lot of Kickstarter things in the post. That's what I've been up to. I have not. (laughs) I've only (laughs) had one this month. I might have had two, but one of them is not game-related. Okay. So it doesn't count. Um, I haven't really had much in the post, actually. I won a T-shirt on a Twitter competition for a game, like, two weeks ago, and they said, hey, DM us your address and we'll post it next week. I'm still waiting. What is it? It's a personalised T-shirt for Elite Force Dangerous. Elite Dangerous. Elite Dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. That has my gamer tag on the back. That's cool. When it gets here. Yeah. If it gets here. So in episode one, I remember we were talking about um, uh, Wayland's Forge. Remember yep. Wayland's Forge, those, those lovely guys in Birmingham yep. who have a game store. Mm-hmm. Well, I found one a little bit close to where I live. So I live in Warsaw. I don't, although I work in Birmingham, I have a lovely commute down the motorway every day. So those of you who know the M6 between junctions 9 and 6 will probably feel very sorry for me at the moment. But there you go. And um, I went to pick up a parcel from the... Uh, post office was a Kickstarter arrival, which we'll talk about later. And I was walking back from the post office to the car park, and I saw a shop with lots of board games in the window. I thought, oh, that's interesting. What's going on here? So I walked in, and there was a guy who has a board game store in Walsall Town Centre called Asgard Games. Ooh. And he's part of a little... He's got a little shop with him and another guy who does, like, uh, multiplayer games. So they've got a bunch okay. of PCs in the corner of the... With the, where they do like uh, land tournaments and, and things like that, MNA gaming they're called. Oh, okay. And uh, together, but Asgard Games is the uh, the board games part of it. And uh, so yeah, I've uh, been in there, bought a game. Um, we'll probably be going there again, and they do like uh, gaming nights and things like that. Mm. So that should be should be good fun. A new FLGS for me to go to. What does FLGS? Friendly for? local gaming store. Okay, there we go. Did you not know that? No. Okay. I've been seeing you text me about it. I'm like, hmm, yes. Nod and smile. Nod and smile. I don't have technically a, a friendly local game store, no, I don't the think. Wellens Forge will be your Wellens closest Forge thing. Wellens Forge be the closest thing or the internet. The internet, yes. The Amazon internet. Or any yes. other websites that happen to Then you sadly days. have to rely on the postman. Yeah. Which isn't always the best of things. So, what are we going to talk about this week, Ray? We are going to talk about spooky games and, and primarily zombies because it's October and at the end of October it's the 31st, obviously, yep. and that is also known as Halloween. So if you've listened to this on the day it was released, uh, it will be Halloween. If you're listening to it after Halloween, then you've got some ideas for games for next year, I guess. Yeah, or just a late Halloween or you could hold a Dia de los Muertos, night, day, wait, yeah, Day of the Dead. Yeah, that's. I've actually got some Day of the Dead playing cards coming at some point. I don't know when they're going to be shipping. Yeah. Um, the Fuego ones with the little skeleton, skeletons yeah. on it, things like that. Looking forward to that. Cool. So, one of the games that I have, which features zombies, is actually my only zombie game, is Zombie Dice, which is. As far as I can tell, very well known, very popular, yeah. uh, has several expansions, 
which has surprised surprised me initially for a game that is just dice to have expansions. It's a push-your-luck game for anyone who hasn't encountered it, and you are a zombie and you have to consume brains, and the first zombie to get 13 brains is the winner. And it's that simple, really. Um, you roll the dice and they've got... Uh, you can either roll brains, footsteps, or shotgun blasts. Footsteps means you are chasing after a person if you have spare dice to roll. Uh, brains means you have consumed a lovely juicy brain. And shotguns means you've been shot. And if you get, I think it's, if you get shot three times then it's the end of your turn. You don't die because you're a zombie, obviously. You just start limping a bit. And then it goes round and person to get 13 brains down them first is the winner. I've just thought of a really like, you could you could do a, a zombie dice food themed Halloween Russian roulette party type thing. Well, if you have if you have thirteen brains, you can I don't know you can make like meatballs that look, oh, like, look like brains or something. Yeah. So you can have dinner, but only if you roll brains. Yes, I get you. Yeah. Where if you get shotgunned, then you have to have shots or something like that. So we've just invented the the food and drink zombie dice <laughs> adaptation. Um, feel free to try it out at all your parties. Did you buy an expansion for this? Yeah, I've got the school bus expansion, oh, okay. which yes, is like a massive die, which I can't remember how many sides it's got, but it's huge. Like it's oversized on purpose, which has extra mechanics, like it has the stop sign and you can get double shotgunned or double brains and basically you, if you manage to get to the school bus you get extra juicy extra brains okay. or you have the chance to get like double brains and stuff like that because obviously there's lots of people trapped inside it's perfect brain farming territory yeah yeah well, i've got a few Let's start off with one we bought a few months ago at the Games Expo, mm-hmm. which we got to play, and then at the we went, at the Games Expo, and then and then I went and bought it straight away, and that was Eaten by Zombies, which I think started life as a Kickstarter, and then uh, obviously went to retail, and uh, it's a deck building game. I think it's meant to be played cooperatively, and the whole point is for you all to all to try and win the game together, but then mm-hmm. if someone dies, they become a zombie, and then they can play zombies and do things to sabotage yeah. other players. But you can sabotage other players even if you're not dead. Yeah. Because if you... Because every zombie yeah. you kill goes into your, your hand. Your hand, yeah. So then you can play it to, to try and stitch other players up, as the yeah. guy who demoed the game to us explained. But there's different scenarios as well. So the whole game has got about, I think, 20, 20 25 different types of equipment, like shotguns and first mm-hmm. aid kits and, and things like that. And But then depending on what how many players you've got, you you get different items on the board, so every game is slightly different because you've got different equipment on yeah. there. And we haven't we haven't really had a chance, even though we bought it what six months ago. We haven't really had a chance to play it properly. No, I think we've had another game since since the expo where we played the same scenario. Yeah, but there are a lot of other cards in there that I want to try. Yeah, I think it's because it's a bit difficult to get. Maybe maybe we should take it out to more games. Days. Yeah, well, it's definitely going to come with us on to our to our gaming night next week. Whether it will get played or not, I don't know. But uh, so, what next? Cards of the Dead is another one I've got. So that was a game I bought um, not long after I started getting into the hobby. 
And it's a very, very simple card game uh, where you basically have to try and run away from zombies and uh, you you draw cards at random from the, the deck and uh, if you get a zombie, you put it in front of you and if you get a certain number of zombies, depending on how many players there are, you can then no longer move and then if you get another certain yeah. number of zombies, you're dead. Uh, but you can also like get weapons like baseball bats and things like that to discard zombies from in front of you and uh, it's a very simple game takes generally no more than five or ten minutes to play but um i've got a friend who i've started playing games with when i when i see them and and she's actually really really likes that game because it's nice and simple yeah it is a good sort of quick quick game to play yeah and last but not least is a, a game that i got recently uh, Kickstarter, which we'll talk about. Well, we'll talk about it now. Uh, that's Lord of the Fries, which is a re-release of a game that came out, I think, about 15 years ago, originally. And it's you're a zombie in a fast food restaurant, mm-hmm. and you're filling orders for people. Yes, no, no satirical implications at all. No, no, not at all. never. But I really, I we've played this a couple of times in the last week, and I really enjoy it. Um, you've got the menu with different things, and then you either roll the dice, two dice, to determine what menu item everyone's trying to build. And then uh, you've got your hand and you can either fill the order or pass it on to the next player. And if it goes around everyone without being filled, then you can all try and fill it with one less card. Mm-hmm. And then eventually someone fills and then they get to choose the next order. Yeah. And then at the end of the round, when everyone's when one person's got rid of all their cards, everyone counts up how many cards that they've played in front of them for filled orders. And then you add one for every card you've got in front of you, take one away for every card in your hand, and then you add up the scores and the person with the highest score is the winner. And you do that four times. Yep. For four days. For four days. And uh, it's good. I mean, the the Kickstarter version we got has got two decks in it. One for the, was it McFry's and Friday's? Yeah. The uh, the the one's a coffee shop and one's a, a proper fast food restaurant. So it's uh, really, really good fun. I'm really glad I, I backed that. It's a, it's a fun game. Yeah, I think that was on one of my maybe should I, shouldn't I? But I think it came, it fell at a time where I'd sort of overspent in packing yeah. a buttload of other stuff. Um, so in the end, I didn't back it. But um, yeah, it's good fun. Yeah. Um, I think because we, we've only played it between the two of us so far, I think with a few more people, um, it could be even more. Fun. Well, with the two decks mixed together, we can do up to eight players. So yeah. that would be interesting. Yeah. Uh, okay, so that's zombie games. What what else have we got that would fit the sort of Halloweeny mood? Um, well, I've got Gloom First Edition, and you've got the Second Edition. Yeah. Um, but just base base Gloom. However, I did see recently in Forbidden Planet. Was it Forbidden Planet? Fairy Tale Gloom. Oh yes, that's yes, which looks which looks like a a good variation. I mean, Cthulhu Gloom, obligatory Cthulhu expansion. Yeah. Would be fun, but I think Fairy Tale Gloom. Would well, they're not expansions; they're re yeah, they're, skins they're of the reskins of the yeah yeah. Um, I think Fairy Tale Gloom would be particularly. It would add a certain extra darkness to the game because yeah. fairy tales, when you're an adult and you look at them again, and they you kind of realise how grim they really are. Ha <laughs> ha, grim. Ha <laughs> ha. Um. And you sort of realise mm, why is why is Sleeping Beauty getting kissed by some random guy that she's never met while she's asleep? That's a bit creepy, um, and stuff like that. Um, but I really want to get the the fairy tale version. Gloom 
for anyone who has not played it, um, is a game which primarily attracted me because it has see-through cards. Yeah. Yeah. I saw it in a shop and I was like, oh, it has see-through cards. Let's get this. But the the concept of the game is that you you have a family that you are telling the tale of their lives and you want to be the person to get the most negative pathos points and also yeah. have as many dead people in your family as possible. So you have these have action cards which can either do plus points, so you get net positive pathos or negative pathos points. So you want to try and keep your not enemy. <laughs> well, your family, you want your, to keep as yeah, miserable as possible. Yeah, I'm trying to think your competitors. Yeah, your your other the other players in the game. You want to try and put positive pathos points on their family members to keep them alive. Yeah, negative on yours. Then kill them off when they've got the the highest number of pathos points. Lowest number of pathos points. Negative. The, yeah. The, the highest the, negative the, number. Yeah. So like yeah. So as negative as possible. Yeah. Because even if you manage to kill all five of your people first, you still then have to, everybody has to count up their pathos points. So even if you've got five dead people in your family, somebody else might have three people who are dead and two are still alive, but they've got more negative pathos points in total, so they would be the winner. Mm. It's a it's a really good game. I think it's a good, um, it's an interesting mechanic. And it, it does sort of, it, they do try and encourage you to be a little bit more uh, communicative when playing it. Yeah, it's all about telling the story, isn't it? Yeah. Which is half the fun of the game. Yeah. But I did I do quite fancy uh, getting the fairy tale version. Okay. That's unplugged games then. Um, plugged in, scary games. Um, Alien Isolation. <laughs> yeah. I think I haven't played any game... Like the last game that actually scared scared me was Dead Space Two, but the only reason that it scared me was because it was one of those cheap like um, the pipe bursts in front of your face yeah. kind of things. None of the actual bits that were supposed to be scary scared me. However, f- the first Fear game, yeah. I n- have still not completed it myself. I watched my other half play it over his shoulder from the bed. So I'm hiding behind the pillows okay. and the duvet. And then every time Alma like appears, I'm just like, no, under the duvet. Yeah, uh, I, I bought the Fear Games on, was it Steam? Was it last year or the year before when they had the, the bundle on offer? Yeah. So I played, I've played the first two and I tried to play the third one and couldn't quite get into it as much as I got into the, the first two. Yeah. But it was re- I really... Really atmospheric and really enjoyable. Yeah, I think I remember Fear because I bought. It came out the original one came out in two thousand four, I think, which seems like a long time ago. But I remember because I bought it for my brother, and I bought him like the gold edition, and I think it took him several years to be able to play it. Okay, um, all the way through as well. But I thought I thought Fear was a really good like turning point for scary games, even though I never managed to actually finish playing it. I found um, Doom Three very scary when I first played that. 
Yeah, that one's quite tense. Especially that, when that did sort of make me panic and run around, which actually in, unintentionally made me like break the game. And I've never managed to finish it because I broke <laughs> the game. <sighs> it's the bit where it's bits like where you're walking to a room and the room's fine, and then you'll get to a certain point and all the lights will go off, and then you'll get all the pentagrams and the blood on the walls. Yeah, that scared the crap out of me when I was. I mean, when did Doom Three come out? That would have been about the same time, wouldn't it? Two thousand four, two thousand five. That scared the hell out of me. Yeah. Talking of Doom. Yes. I happen to know that they've started uh, closed alpha testing for the new Doom. Oh. However, one game that I do find way too scary, which is going to sound like classic internet. Oh my god, it's scary! Is the Amnesia games? Never played. Them. Don't. Okay. <laughs> I got it. For, I got it for cheap because it was in the it was in a sale, and I thought it can't be that scary. It can't be that scary. And then I was trying to play, it and I was like, "Yeah, I've played half an hour. I can't afford." Okay. I don't want to. No, no, no. I can't get out of this room because if I go out of this room, I start shaking and going crazy, and then everything goes mad. And oh, there's something running towards me. Let's just go back and hide in the cupboard. Okay. Now we're hiding in the cupboard. Oh, no, now the ceiling's collapsed and blocked the doorway. Uh, uh, what's going on? And it was not very pleasant. I didn't okay. I didn't play Machine for Pigs, which is the second oh, okay. Amnesia game, because I managed half an hour of the first game, and I was like, <laughs> yeah, nope. Yeah, that's not going to happen. Nope. <laughs> yeah, I think mainly the, the scary games that I've had are the Dead Space series and the Fear series. Okay. I still have yet to finish Dead Space. Uh, three. The last one. That was not Dead Space Three, wasn't it? Uh, I've never played it. Never, never played it. It's quite good. It's uh, that that one. I also never finished the the first game because it got too scary, and I watched the rest of it on YouTube. But then I played all the way through Dead Space Two, and I got three quarters of the way through Dead Space Three, mm-hmm. and then I kind of got a bit bored because it was just the same. Like the same with Fear Three, it's the same scary. Oh, a pipe burst! All oh, the lights are flickering. Mm. Oh, there's a ghost flickering. It got to the point in Fear, like partway through Fear Two, Alma would appear, and I'd just be like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, just get out of the way. I'm trying to kill somebody. Go away, love." And she's supposed to be like this scary, like monstrous thing that you're scared of, and blah blah blah. And I'm getting like. Get out of the way, go away, move, shoo. I haven't played many scary games. Okay. Well, I mean, I tend to shy away from them as a general rule. Mm. Um, same as horror movies, because I don't really really like them. So. I watch, like, trashy horror movies. Yeah. Because they just look so awful that you just don't really have to think about it. The last movie I can think of that I watched that you could probably class as horror would have been... I mean, we're going back nearly 20 years now. Event Horizon. Would you class that as a horror movie? Sci-fi horror movie? Possibly. Sam Neill. There's the bit where the, the, the skin is all yeah. off, hanging off that. No. Mm. Went to the cinema last week and saw Crimson Peak, which kind of is classed as a horror. I think it is classed as a horror. It's like a period horror, okay. as they call it. Um, that was quite good. Although... Um, it's directed by Guillermo del Toro, who did Pan's Labyrinth. Um, 
but I, I don't think anything he's done since Pan's Labyrinth has been as good. But then again, I really like that film. I think I was listening to Mark Mode review it on, on the Five Live Movie Review podcast, and I think he said that this was uh, one of the best films he's he's done for quite a while. Yeah, I can't really think of... I know he has done things between Pan's Labyrinth and now, but I couldn't tell you what it was. No. Crimson Peak is quite good, but um, it is very gothic by numbers. So it's like paint by numbers. Ooh, gothic horror. Okay. But it's still quite good. And it's it has the occasional glancing moment of like... Uh, really horribly realistic violent injury which Guillermo del Toro occasionally inserts into his films generally it's not like massively violent but then like so for example in Pan's Labyrinth a guy has his uh, cheek slit open oh lovely which you see up close but that's like the most gory thing there is about it um, so there'll be like this one flash thing that's really realistic and quite violent, and then after that, most of the rest it's it's not overdoing it on the violence and gore, which I do like, but then I really don't like the violent bits because no. they're way too realistic. But we've got off topic a little. We bit. have got very off topic. This is about games, not movies. <laughs> Let's get back on topic. So I think actually. Our topic of the week is is done. We've yeah. talked about the sort of possibly Halloween-y or zombie-themed games that we could be playing soon and that we would recommend you play. So if any of what we've talked about piques your interest, then just get online and have a look for them, I guess. Mm. So let's move on to what we've been playing or purchased in, in the last month or so since uh, we last recorded. So first thing is... In the aforementioned Asgard Games local game store in Warsaw, uh, the game I bought when I was there was uh, Cthulhu Realms, which is obviously a Cthulhu-themed version of Star Realms, which is a game that uh, I've played on iOS and in real life. And we haven't actually played the Cthulhu version yet. No. I think we talked about the iOS Star Realms last episode. We did, episode. yeah. I think the big difference with Cthulhu Realms at the box is that the deck supports four players. Yeah. Whereas Star Realms is a two-player only game. But I can't really say much more about that other than it's made by Tasty Minstrel Games, which is a great name for a games company, I mm. think. Yeah. Because minstrels are tasty. Yeah. Not the not the singing kind, the little chocolates. Oh, yeah. I haven't had minstrels in so long, I was sitting there thinking, chocolate minstrels? What? Yeah. Anyone not in the UK probably doesn't know what a minstrel is, but probably not. they are very nice. They're a, they're a small chocolate made by... Mars, actually. Think, think uh, Big Smarties, but they're all the same colour. Big Smarties that are all brown. Yeah. And if you don't know what Smarties are, because you don't live in the UK... No, Smarties are a Smarties? worldwide are thing, they? I think. Yeah, okay. I'm sure they are. They're like they're like little chocolate counters with a hard candy shell. Yeah. Sugar shell. Yeah, yeah. they're bigger. Yeah. What else have I got in the way of card games? Oh, I've got um, Coup on iOS... Which is very nice. I like the design. It's a completely different design to the um, the physical version. The the cards completely different. But I really like the art style. It's it's a lot more cartoony, and I think yeah. it fits very well with with the style of the game. 
I mean, there's practice mode against the AI, but it's best, I think. It's just online, so you can just play against other people. Yeah. So, so there's that. But if you, I mean, we've talked about Coup before, haven't we, I think? Yeah, I think we talked about it. Well, and talked about it in the first episode. So. I think so, yeah. And uh, I bought the... Uh, I, I pre-ordered the expansions for Witcher 3 from GOG, and the first one was released uh, the other week. Yeah. Uh, I played that for a few hours. There's a point in the game where... It splits and there's two quests that you have to do to proceed. And I've done one of them and I'm about halfway through the second one. And I've got to say, actually, I'm finding the story in this very, very engaging. Mm. And I'm actually getting more... Remember, if anyone listened to the first episode, I remember how I said there was a scene in the first episode, where a first game in the base game where everyone's going on about or how something happens to this character and it really affects you emotionally. I mm. found myself more emotionally involved in the expansion than I have in the main game, which is really weird. Because mm. I don't think the story was, is meant to be as emotional, because obviously yeah. it's not as long for a start. Yeah. So. But I've actually um, been really, really enjoying that. So is it based after the events of the main game? or I sort of presume so. Okay. Um, it seems to be. Okay. I couldn't really really tell you oh, without spoiling it or just generally just generally couldn't okay. tell you but, I mean I've completed the main game and then the next time I logged in I had an extra quest in my quest log telling me to go to this certain place and do this thing so uh, that's okay. I did that and then yeah. just kicked it off oh okay so the game the game world is in appears to be in the same state as it was when yeah the game finished because walking around the big cities they seem to be in that yeah it's kind of like the the Dragon Age Inquisition if you got the expansions for that you still had to go back to your castle and mm-hmm. look at your war map, and then you ha- still had to like research the area and then go to the area. It's just that the dialogue is different because it's past tense that you are now the oh, Grand okay. Inquisitor and all yeah. this stuff. Is is the Dragon Age expansion? Does it take place in a different area? To, so when you when you when you play at the actual expansion, are you playing in the same places you were playing the main game in? Or are you no, it's a different area. Okay. Um, which I ha- actually haven't finished because it involves like a mandatory kill the dragon quest, and I hate. Oh. I don't want to kill the dragons. Dragons should be the good guys. Hmm. And also because I absolutely get caned by dragons every time I try and kill them. I haven't played anything other than that because I've everything that I've bought I've played. Yeah. <laughs> Apart from <Cthulhu laughs> as, as you would. Yeah. I haven't bought anything because I tend to try and tell myself to stop buying things round about the end of September because I can wait to Christmas. And because it's it's Christmas and then four days after Christmas it's my birthday, it's kind of... Um, I've got things that I've got my eye on. So, for example, I could put Fairytale Gloom on my Christmas list. Yeah. I've got Fallout 4 on my list. I may consider putting Assassin's Creed Syndicate on my list, but considering I still haven't finished Black Flag, I haven't. Well, the half has. Yeah. So maybe I'll just buy him Assassin's Creed Syndicate. And then play yourself. Or just watch. <laughs> I, I seem to be able to just watch other people play games. It, like, If I could just watch Twitch all day, it'd be, I'd be fine. I'd be quite happy. Um, so I haven't bought anything. I double-checked on my, what's it called, AMD Gaming Evolved that comes with all the new oh, okay. Catalyst Centre. 
um, which records what you play, regardless of what platform it's on. And pretty much the only thing I have played is Path of Exile, which can't count. No, we don't talk about that. For offline gamer, because it's online, it's online even if you're playing on your own. So other than that, I've mostly just played little things on the iPad, including Fallout Shelter, which talked about last month. Although I say play Fallout Shelter, it's mostly open it every couple of days, collect some electricity and collect some water and look at my settlers or whatever they're called being utterly miserable. See, I cannot understand how games like this have become so successful. I I really can't because it's just like a job. You've got to yeah. do them. You, you're obliged to do this thing. Well, I, because I, we talked about it last time, and I thought, oh, I'll try again. And I went back, and like, the, I went, I went back in, and everybody had eighty-five percent happiness. And then, as soon as I opened the game, it went from eighty-five percent happiness to like twenty percent. Oh well, you should have and just I was let like, them all die. What the fuck are you all so miserable about? You, 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 you've not been eaten. You're not dead. You, I, I occasionally let you go and talk to other people and have babies. What are you so miserable about? And since then, it's been like a slow slog, and we're at about like thirty eight percent happiness now. And I'm still sort of, I really can't be asked. Um, but I've also been playing Alpha Bear, uh, which is a little word game, and it's made by Spry Fox. And although. It is also one of these like you kind. Of, it, it's the base game is free, but you have to spend honey, and you only have a limited supply of honey for per day. Uh, so, for example, you only normally get I don't know, one hundred twenty honey for the whole day. So that lets you play maybe two games mm. before you have to stop and recharge your selection of honey. But I do enjoy it because I like the the word games. Although I've started, I've got to a point where I can't just like cruise control get the gold on every level. I've got to a point where I actually have to try and think of clever words now. I, I like alphabet. It's um, I like the design of the different bears you get, like the bear with the yeah. top hat or the yeah. baby bear. Oh, so cute! I I just like like on the non timed versions. Um, so just on like the the main boards. If you if you leave it long enough without typing anything in it, they just occasionally go at you. Okay, I've never noticed that. So occasionally I'll just be sitting there staring at the letters, and the bears will get restless and start jumping around and like growling, and I think it's quite fun. So now we're going to move on to our other regular section of Kickstarter. Yay! AKA the place money we spend sink. lots of money. Yay! Yeah. Payday tomorrow. Yeah, thank you for that. <laughs> uh, Right, well, what have I had come? So, uh, Lord of the Fries, we've already talked about. Yep. Pixel Adventure, which we haven't played yet properly, we've had a look no. at. Basically like a dungeon crawl- crawling game um, with like art of like old 8-bit computer games. Pixel yeah. art, hence the name. Uh, Pixel spelt without an E, so P-I-X-L, Adventure. And um, it's basically everyone gets a character. And then you use the deck, and the deck of loot cards has got either loot items like uh, treasure chests, or it's got enemies that you can fight. And I think basically the whole point of the game is to get through the entire deck without dying. Yeah. But it seems fairly straightforward, and you you can get equipment which you can equip on your character to help uh, improve your fighting skills and 
things like that, and it looks like it'll be quite quite fun. Um, we just need to sit down and, and have a proper proper game of it. Yeah. I think we tried to play it in a, a lunch hour and then got like halfway through the lunch hour going, nope, still don't understand the rules. No, but then I watched the video of it on YouTube and yeah. if you use the dice to um, measure your health, it makes it a lot oh, okay. a lot easier. Yeah. That's what all the dice are for, I think. Oh, okay. If you watch the video, you'll understand. Okay. Uh, next up is uh, Tavern Fame, which we've played. That's quite good. I I enjoyed that. The whole point of that is that you're in a pub or a bar or a tavern, depending on what part of the world you're in, and uh, you are boasting to say you killed X amount of an enemy that's been called on the from the cards, and then the next person can go, oh no, I don't think you killed that many. I killed more than you, mm. and then at, at some point someone will go, okay, I want you to prove that you killed that many, and then you have yeah. to roll dice and, and things to try and prove, and you can spend beer tokens to get more rolls of the dice, yeah. and you get little meeples, to, to, they're, they're your admirers, and then the first person who gets the most number of admirers is is the winner. Yeah, I think, I think it's, it's the first, yeah, it's the first to ten, I think. Yeah. Tone Fame, I think, again, it's uh, with, with more than two players, yeah, most of these games we're only playing with two players at the moment, just to try them out. So I think again, with more than two players um, and people trying to bid up, that'll be that'll yeah. be good. So speaking of bidding, the next game we got is a, a game which was very popular on on Kickstarter, and my copy arrived last week, and that's Vault Wars. Mm. Now I really wanted to like this game a lot, and luckily I did. <laughs> Hooray! Uh, I mean, I'll, I like things like Storage Hunters. Yeah. Yeah, I know your partner's obsessed with it. Not obsessed, just like bizarrely infatuated. <laughs> like, he's not really a TV kind of person. Yeah. So then it's it's bizarre when occasionally he does watch TV and then, like, Storage Hunters is on. And I'm like, how did you even find out about this program? But, yeah, it's a bit of a... It's, it's a... It's a fun... TV show, yeah, and it's also a fun, fun game. game. Yeah, so it's, it's essentially exactly the same. If you've never seen the show, um, in the real life show, they sell like these storage bins that people um, put all their stuff in, and when they don't pay, or um, for whatever reason they've died, or mm. they've just not been paying their bill, then obviously the company who owns them has to sell them off to reclaim the cost of the storage. Yeah. So the game essentially works the same way. It's set in like a fantasy world, and it's adventurers have stored all their loot in vaults and then they've died and so when they die their vaults have to go up for auction so everyone's bidding for uh vaults and you can just try and win the most amount of loot and uh, not get the most amount of junk which is very difficult yeah because half the deck is junk yeah which i think is pretty much similar to storage hunters yeah there's a lot Half the stuff in the bins is junk. Yeah, but you get but in Vault Wars, you depending on the vault, each vault's got like different properties, so you get different numbers of loot cards, and people are allowed to look at different mounts, which I guess is quite good, like like in real life where people can look, and there's certain things hidden underneath a tarpaulin yeah. or something like that. So it's quite similar, and I think very very thematically well done, and uh, mechanically a very very fun game. Yeah, and again we've only, we actually because it's a minimum of three players, so we played with the two of us, and we just like invented a third player just so we could figure out the mechanics. And I I still thought it was quite enjoyable just playing it like that. So I yeah. think with four, three or four proper people, uh, it would uh, be a very very fun, fun game. Mm-hmm. And last, but by no means least, 
a party game, which we haven't played yet, uh, which is Bad Medicine, which uh, arrived uh, the other week as well. Which is basically, you've got a bunch of cards with bits of drug names on them, real or made up, and you have to come up with a drug to cure a ailment that's drawn from the deck. And you have to try and convince everyone else around the table why your drug is great for com- for um, yeah. curing this ailment. But Despite also the weird side, side effects. effects. Yeah. Yeah, I had a look through some of the cards and some of the side effects. I'm not sure how you'd be able to pitch, like, kneecaps fall off. <laughs> how, you know, well, the the you, my my drug is brilliant. It, it cures the common cold, the most impossible thing to cure in the world, yeah. except your kneecaps fall You can off. run faster if you've got no kneecaps. Your legs are more flexible. Is that, is that really true? I don't know, but it sounds like the kind of thing a pharmaceutical company would say. <laughs> Yeah, it makes you more flexible. You yeah. can be the gymnast you always dreamt you were when you were a child. Exactly. Everybody wants to be able to cross their legs behind their head. Exactly. It's, you know, you'd be a master at yoga and you wouldn't have the common cold anymore. That sort of thing. That sort of thing. Yeah. That's exactly what bad medicine's all about. So I'm looking forward to playing that. That I don't know if that's the kind of thing that will go down well with a games group. It may do, because some of them have got that kind of... I can think of a couple of people who would have the imagination yeah. to make that that work really well. Yeah. See, I'd be tempted to try and take it home and play it at Christmas with my family, but then looking through some of the uh, the names. Like yeah, you might one, want... One of the, were, well, parts of the drug name was Porn, and one of them was Cox. There's an F-U-K as well. Yeah, and I think Cox had something to do with... Side effect had something to do with your testicles. Oh, right, okay. And porn's side effects had something to do with something else naughty, rude. Whereas I haven't had that much arrive for Kickstarter for me. I've had Guards Against Insanity, which was also called Cards Against Insanity, and had a couple of different names. And then they had a very arduous, long journey from China to America and then they got stuck in customs for about two months and then they got sent to Amazon for Amazon to ship things and then Amazon refused to ship it abroad despite the fact that like 75% of the backers were in Europe Mm -hmm. so then they had to withdraw the stock from Amazon.com bring it over to the UK and then post it themselves um, but it got here finally. Yay. Mine's waiting to be collected at the post office, I think. Hooray! And uh, because it it didn't come from Amazon, it came in an, um, a very tiny, very useful box, which I wasn't expecting it to come in. But now I have a spare box for all my spare cards from Epic, which came. Event mine eventually did come because I think last time we recorded yours had come and mine still hadn't arrived. Yeah. It did arrive eventually. And now I've got a spare box for it too. Um, also, my 101.1 expansion. So 101.1 is the expansion to 101 or 101. 101. I think it's 101 in words okay. is, the, is the base game, but 101.1 in numbers is the expansion, ah, just okay. to confuse things. And I haven't had a chance to play it yet, but it has arrived and... It is It is sitting somewhere in my living room. Um, I probably need to put it with the base game 
because I think it's I think it's just loose at the moment. So, what have we been backing? What have you backed, Matt? Uh, so, first up uh, is a game that has just successfully funded, which is Master Thief, which uh, is a fun card game that is all about sneaking into museums and stealing pieces of art. That sounds quite fun. It does sound quite fun, and the video of it makes it look very fun as well. And you basically have to sneak around avoiding the security guards and, and things like that. I really like the look of the design of the cards. It's very nice. Do you get to um, make up cool thief names? I don't know, actually. Or do you, like, get given thief names? I'm just looking at the uh, the things now. I can't actually see. I don't know if you get allocated any in the game. I don't know if there's certain characters that you play, so... I think you should make your own up yeah. if you can't, if they're, if they're not assigned. I'm just trying to think of a cool thief name for me. I'm trying to remember the, the thief name from the guy who was in Ocean's Eleven or Twelve. Twelve? The French guy. Uh, I don't know, the fox or whatever he's called. Yeah. I don't know. So that's that. I'm looking forward to that. Um, what else is funded? Halfling Feast. That's another one that's funded. So Halfling Feast is, if I'm just bring up the thing on my phone, it's a fantasy card game of competitive eating. You'd never th- guess I backed another game that has to do with food. <laughs> and it's, um, I mean, it's called Halfling Feast. Um, we all know hobbits like to eat a well, lot. yeah. So that's essentially what it is. Halfling Feast is a non-collectible card game for two to six players. Each player represents a champion halfling eater with a mission to eat as many dishes as possible by the end of the feast. So it's kind of like Lord of the Rings meets Man vs. Food. Yes, essentially. So, that, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. So that's successfully funded. Uh, what else? Wizard School hasn't funded yet. At the time of recording, it's got two days to go. But where is it? I think oh, it's, it's got about oh, it's well, hours. It's to well go. funded. It, it's it's way over. It's um. It's like over two and a half thousand percent. Yeah, it, one day wanted fifteen thousand dollars, and they've currently got three hundred ninety nine thousand dollars. Yeah, and I just backed them just before we started recording. <laughs> um, and it's like I, I guess it's like imagine if Hogwarts was a card game. But yeah. not Hog. Well, no Hogwarts, Hogwarts as a it, as a normal school. Well, Hogwarts as a normal American high school. Yeah. Or I suppose any high school that's just not England. Yeah. Because European high schools seem to be more like in America than okay. they are over here. Maybe it's just because we're so old and backwards. We're not backwards. No. It's the rest of the world that's wrong. Yeah, I do have a complete side side quest sideline in that um a friend of mine linked me to a video of uh part of my school being demolished this afternoon and i i couldn't help but just sit there and laugh a little bit but at the same time i felt really sorry for the students who are there because it's not half term at the moment for them and they're having to try and learn while an entire building is being destroyed right next to them right okay I don't know why why it just popped into my head. Just the image of my school being slowly destroyed. Oh, my school's already been destroyed, so well, it doesn't exist anymore. Well, th- it does, I but think, it's different. I think my old school has managed to be in like some perpetual state of development since long before I even got there. <laughs> like when I, While I was there, a crane fell on one of the buildings. Oh, nice. And I'm pretty sure the, like, the roof girders are still bent. But they're going to destroy that building now. 
So it doesn't matter that the crane fell on it 10 years ago or whatever it was. Yeah. They're going to destroy that building as well. It seems like they're destroying all the buildings that were there when I was there and replacing them with a bunch of new buildings, which I'm not sure where they're going to put all the students while they're destroying buildings, but never mind. So have you backed anything else? Yep, Psychiatrist, which is a game I actually really, really want to play. I don't know if it's going to fund because at the time of recording, it's only about halfway. Uh, it's got a few... 20,000... We've well, got 21 days left. Yeah, that's uh, three whole weeks. Yeah, it should be okay, I think. Go and back it so Matt can play it. Yeah. Everybody. So, Psychiatrist is a game which sort of reminds me of um, improv comedy. So, essentially, what happens is you play in the group and one person will get up and be the psychiatrist and the rest of the group have a card and they've got a symptom. So, for example, I have the personality of a dog. That's mm-hmm. the example that's given in the Kickstarter. And then the person who's a psychiatrist has to ask questions and the other, the group have to answer um, as, as that. And yeah. then you have to try and guess what the symptom that the rest of the group is suffering from. I, I, I would imagine the personality of a dog would be quite easy to guess. Yeah. As if you start woofing or barking, then they might kind of guess. Yeah. But you you get... think you're a dog. I mean, I think it's. I mean, if you, if anyone who's listening has ever watched Whose Line Is It Anyway or seen any improv, I mean, when I went to uh, watch Paul Merton live mm. a few months ago, they had a very similar game, which is uh, they got the audience to choose a job for Paul, but he didn't know what it was, mm. and then the other improvisers had to try and convey what his job was. And uh, he had to guess it word for yeah. word. And it was something really obscure, like he's the person who names the colour of the paint that is on the coat of the Queen's Corgis. And he, mm-hmm. had to, he had to try and guess what that was by them giving him subtle hints. Yeah. So that was really, really funny. And I think this game could be the same sort of, sort of yeah. thing. So I really, really want to play that. How about you? What have you been backing? Well, if anybody remembers me mentioning it in the first episode, Sheep Happens came back for a second attempt at funding. Um, I think it started late last week. It's about a third of the way through. Um, So I've backed it again, as it was only 20 euros or something like that. So yeah, Sheep Happens. It's um, being created out of um, Italy. I'm not sure whether it's going to fund, because I don't know whether they've maybe gone and asked for too much again which is going to be disappointing for it to fail twice. But I've also backed Wizard School. But talking about things that failed funding that we really wanted to see, did you see that Random Encounter, they signed a contract with a game publisher? I didn't see that, no. I must have missed that. Um, I think they sent they either sent an email out or a message on Kickstarter, I can't remember, but they said they've signed a contract with... Publisher, which I probably should have made note of before I started talking about it. So Random Encounter is going... It's the same people who publish Machi Koro. Okay, yeah. So they've signed a deal with them, so Random Encounter will happen, which is good. So all we need now is for Sheep Happen to happen, and Sheep Happens to happen, and then... Both of the games that I was lamenting about in our first episode will be realised. Yay. That'll be that'll be good. But as I say, I haven't backed much. 
it is payday tomorrow, so I may sneakily go on and uh, have a look at what's on, on offer. I think we're done then. I think we are. I think we've got to the end of the show. Really? We've got this down to a fine art now. Well, almost. Yeah. Once I've edited it, now everyone listening, you're listening the... Oh, what you're hearing is completely unedited. I haven't had to remove anything. No, no. We're, we're just this amazing. We're great. 24-7. Yeah. So if you do want to get in touch with us, we have Twitter, email. So our Twitter is at TOGCAST, so T-O-G-CAST, all one word. Our email address is offlinegamerpodcast, all one word again, at gmail.com. Um, if you want to listen to our shows, can we download them as well? Uh, yeah, you can download them from yeah. SoundCloud. Yeah. Uh, you can go to soundcloud.com forward slash offline gamer. And then we're also on the iTunes. Mm-hmm. Just it, search for offline gamer. Yep, yeah, or the offline gamer. Now, if you just type offline gamer oh, okay. now, we're top of the list. Awesomes. Because there's no one else with the name offline gamer. Yeah. <laughs> then you can not only subscribe, but be cool and listen to it on your phone and other iDevices. Generic fruit based music player. Yeah, that. <laughs> Uh, you can follow us individually on Twitter if you're so inclined. I'm at QB, that's Q-B-I-E. And I am at R4I7, which is kind of Ray F, but with numbers, because I'm leet. You're leet. Leet. But until next time, I suppose it's goodbye, but next time we will be talking about pre-Christmas. Oh, dear. So... What can you buy for other people? And also what we're kind of angling at people to get us. Yeah, and also good. presumably we'll go over some good games that are good family games that people can play at Christmas with their family. Yes, very good point. Or what we're going to attempt to thrust upon our families. Yeah. In the hopes that we don't all start fighting over the last bit of crispy bacon from the turkey. Yes. So until then, I will say goodbye. Bye, everyone. Bye.